0: Today on Dare to Develop, we have Shannon Griffin of Shannon Griffin Photography with us, who is an amazing portrait in boudoir. Fo- Whoa, that's not the word.
1: Okay. <laughs> Redo our intro. Redo again. Okay.
0: Today on Dare to Develop, we have Shannon Griffin of Shannon Griffin Photography with us. She is an
1: amazing portrait and boudoir photographer who is located in Florida and destination. Yes, Shannon is going to dive deep into all about switching business models to better serve luxury clients. And how she's done that is switching to IPS, which is in-person sales. So essentially, she has a creative fee to do the session and then meets again with her clients, whether that's in person or virtually, to go over a whole host of options of things they can get from their session, whether that's prints, wall art, albums, just really beautiful luxury items to preserve their photos and those memories as well. We know this is a little bit different than necessarily the wedding-specific industry, but all of these lessons that Shannon shares with us today can be applied to any creative business. Mm -hmm.
0: So listen in and learn how Shannon switched from weddings to doing just full-time portrait work. You're listening to Dare to Develop, a podcast for creatives. I'm Christine Herman. And I'm Ashley Baumgartner, and we are two hybrid wedding photographers that dub ourselves Work Wives. With a passion for developing community and daring to take risks in business and art, we want to bring you along on a journey.
1: The journey of artists, makers, business professionals, and more who want to level up their businesses by daring greatly and developing community. So let's get started.
0: Today on Dare to Develop, we have Shannon Griffin of Shannon
1: Griffin Photography with us today. We can't wait to talk with Shannon all about daring to switch business models to better serve luxury clients and how she has just mixed it up and is finding great success with that. So thanks so much for being here today, Shannon.
2: Thank you. I'm so excited.
1: (laughs) So first, we'd love for you to tell us a little bit about yourself.
2: Sure. So I went to school for photography graduated way back in 2006. And then I graduated with a fashion portfolio and was doing that for a little while and then decided I wanted a life. So I switched over to weddings, not knowing that I would not have a life. (laughs) But I hear a common thread with photographers that are like, well, I just started shooting weddings because that's what you do. That's when you're a photographer, you feel like to make money. That's what you have to do. So I did that. I started my business officially in 2010. And then this year I switched over to where I'm going to be focusing just on portraits and boudoir photography. So I'm super excited. It's a scary switch, but I'm very excited to have like a niche that I'm just going to focus on.
1: We love that. So let's dive right into talking about that business switch model. So can you tell us a little bit about what your photography business looks like now and how that model has really shifted over the years?
2: Yes. So last November, I took a course on IPS. I was doing it kind of half a, for a while. And then I decided I really, I was like, if I'm going to make the money I need to make to quit weddings, I need to really get kind of a mentor on this. So I switched to full IPS in November and then lockdown happened. And now I'm just full IPS and I do a creative fee and then everything else I do in-person or Zoom consultations. And then I'm going back over to their house or again, Zoom during COVID to do their ordering session. So from start to finish, we have planning session, we do the actual shoot. And then I design wall galleries using software, pre-design albums. And then we come back together for the ordering session. And then any wall art they purchase, I have my installer go and install it. So it's a very full service. You're going to end with finished art kind of service.
0: Mm -hmm. Love that. So Why did you choose to pivot to this more luxury catered experience? And especially from weddings where everyone's saying there's all the money and then switching over to just portraits and boudoir.
2: There's a couple of reasons. One being the money, one being it's, I feel like I'm not capping myself at this point. That's why I went to IPS because just when you do an all-inclusive, you're going to hit a ceiling. And once people have the files, they're not going to want to spend above that. And I was seeing what other people in my industry I know people that make seven figures doing portrait sessions, which to me just blew my mind. So that was a big one for me. Another thing is I think about why I got into photography so long ago and I started on film and there was no such thing as a digital world. You didn't give people the negatives. You gave them prints. You gave them tangible memories. And I grew up with those things. And it's sad to me that so much lives on the computer now or on the iPhone and then we lose it or our kids just When they walk in the house, they don't see photos of themselves. So that was a big thing for me. And then the main reason is I feel like in the wedding industry, I felt more like a button pusher, like someone else fully curates the day. There's a stylist, there's a wedding planner. I follow a timeline. I, yes, I get to be creative in the way that I photograph the invitation or whatever else, but it's somebody else's curation that I just show up and photograph. So for me, for these portrait and boudoir sessions, fully working with my client on a vision and creating that together and being able to photograph that, that feeds my soul to where I feel like I'm more of an artist above like just being a photographer. Mm -hmm.
1: I love that. So pivoting to having that more creative control, how has that reflected on the business end? And like, and you don't have to say numbers, (laughs) but on the financial end of your business as well.
2: It's been huge. I mean, I had my best year yet during COVID and uh-huh. I, know, I know fully that is a privilege to be able to say that. I know there are a lot of people out of work, a lot of people sick, died. Like, I don't want to go into the saying, I had the best year ever because <laughs> I still, it was scary. And it was changing my pricing structure and saying just, I'm going to take weddings off my website, completely took them off my website. Like I did a lot of things this year that scared the crap out of me, but I'm someone who being in a place where I'm just like, I'm okay here. Like I'm comfortable here. That scares me more than taking risks. Like I don't ever want to be in a place where I'm just living or I'm just comfortable where I am. I always want to be like, okay, now what's next? What can I go after next? So it's been amazing for my business. And I'm not, I feel like with these portrait sessions, I'm no longer leaving money on the table. Like sky's the limit. Where do you, how many rooms do you want to fill with art? Let's go, let's do this. So it's been fantastic, scary fantastic.
0: Right. I like saying if if it's not, you're not doing something scary, then it's not worth it. So 100% love that. When can you share a little bit more about your new process with your clients? Kind of how that is different now than it was back then and why Absolutely, serving these higher end luxury clients, it's really important to give them this type of service.
2: Yeah, absolutely. So I feel like a lot of the clients that I'm getting now are people that are art collectors and really value having not just art in their house, but photos of them and their family. And so it's just been, now I'm switched over to where, like we talked about before, I get to fully customize it with them. So from start to finish, I'm having them fill out my inquiry form. They're seeing my pricing, starting price there onto, they have to fill out a very in-depth questionnaire before I even get on the phone with them. Because my feeling on it is if they're not going to spend the time to fill out a 20 minute questionnaire, they're not gonna be my client. And I'm very upfront from the moment they fill out my inquiry form, I let them know, like this is going to be a very in-depth process. We are going to spend a lot of time together. And if that doesn't sound like it's gonna be fun to you, I'm gonna tell you right now, we're not gonna be a good fit because there's going to be a lot of hours we're spending together from the consultation to the ordering session. It's just different. Before I used to get an inquiry and I immediately would either send over my pricing or I'd be like, let's set up a phone call. And the amount of times people were just not a good fit or said I was too expensive. So I go into it now saying that the way that I do it, having my high creative fee starting price and having this in-depth process that they go through is going to scare away the majority of the people, but it's going to excite the right clients because they're going to say your process is a lot different than anybody else's so that part excites me I mean like would I rather scare away non-ideal clients or attract the clients that I really want so that's kind of why I was like let's just do this yeah
1: definitely (laughs) a lesson that can be applied to any creative artist or business owner wedding industry or not just knowing how to define what kind of clients you want and then how to attract them and to repel the ones that you don't.
2: (laughs) Yes. Yeah. It's, it seems scary, but it just makes so much sense. When you look at the bigger picture of you're both just going to end up happier. If you're serving the right client, they're going to be happier and you're going to be happier. So true. Hey, dear developers, are you a
1: photographer or industry vendor that's looking to upgrade your flat lays on a wedding day or for an editorial? I am launching a mini course and a full course soon on the fundamentals of flat lays. For more information, visit my website at ashbaumgartner.com education and stay tuned for the launch this spring. And how has the experience then once they've booked with you and, you know, agreed to your creative fee, how has that changed through the portrait experience?
2: A lot less no's, a lot of fully trust, trusting my process. By the time we get to the consultation, a lot of the times it's, yes, I love that. Whatever you think. The ordering session, I show them art on the wall and they're like, I love that. I would have never thought of that. So Once they get through that process, it's just like, all right, this is going to be such an amazing fit because I've taken them on this journey and they've agreed to go on it. And by this point, it's just like, now we get to create art together. Now we get to trust the process together. So it changes the entire dynamic to where I heard someone talking the other day who does, he does virtual reality art. And he was saying, what's so amazing is when you're an artist and you have a client, you work for that client. So you're doing their vision. You're doing what they tell you to do at that point. They're, you're for hire. When you talk about being an artist and working with a collector, it's a whole different ball game. Like now they're like, whatever you think, I trust you. You are the artist. So that was the biggest switch for me because where I was priced, I was getting people that they liked my photos, but it was just more like yeah, I like her photos and she, I can afford her. So we'll hire her. Yeah. Right. Or like we're like,
0: yeah. like, this photo, these photos will like kind of the same thing and
1: go yeah. from there and yeah.
2: truly being like, let's create art that's specific to me. And by the time people get, to, I, it's, I know I'm not inexpensive with that's relative um, Money's So relative, but I know I'm not the cheapest photographer out there. So I feel like it's so great by the time we get to the session, because I know how much they've invested in me. And I know that they could have hired hundreds of other people in my area, but they chose me as an artist. So that full trust in me is, it allows me to create for them incredible art that then they'll have for generations. So it's just a mutually beneficial relationship by that point.
1: Yeah. I was going to ask, does, and you alluded to this a little bit, but how has that shift changed the actual dynamic at the session? You know, have you noticed that when you're actually photographing your clients, that it feels different than it did beforehand?
2: Absolutely. Absolutely. Because we plan the session out to a T like there's no, I used to show up and they'd show me like 20 different outfits and I'd be like, well, okay, that looks, but it's like now they like by the time I get there, the outfits are planned, their hair, like everything's done. We're in the location that we picked. I know what the lighting's going to be like. I know what rooms we're going to shoot in. So it's very, I mean, I plan down to what are the colors in your home. Let's create art to where when you're hanging the photos, everything's curated. Nothing's clashing. It's who you are. It's authentic. So it's it's been by the time of the session. It's also I feel especially for boudoir sessions, you've got to have that level of trust because women are being so open and vulnerable so i want them to fully trust me by the time before i enter their home like i need that trust to be there and uh, i've noticed like how comfortable they are from the beginning instead of it used to be like it would take 30 minutes where they're like this is uncomfortable but now by this time we've met each other before the session like they know me and they're like do this like i'm ready to get naked for you yeah. <laughs> so um You're putting
0: in so much time beforehand to really get um, these clients comfortable with you. How much are you prepping before the actual session? Do you have like hours that you know, you're kind of doing before?
2: Yeah, it's a, I mean, just the consultation with them before the session is at least an hour where we're going over wardrobe and stuff like that. And then I have to think about, okay, unrolling my film, prepping for the session, driving to wherever the location is, any emails we're sending back and forth. A lot of times, they'll text me or email me like, Oh, I was thinking of adding this to the wardrobe. Like I'm, I'm, I feel like at this higher service, I need to be there when they need me. And I've priced myself to where I only have a couple of sessions a month at the most. So now they have that like their shoot date that we schedule. I let them know I'm not booking anything the day before or after your session, because if there's weather, I want to make sure that you have me when you need me. So I wasn't able to do that before because my thought was they're not paying me very much. I'm not going to like pencil them in a day before or day after, but now I have so much flexibility and I ha- I don't have the resentment there anymore to where I feel mm-hmm. like I'm getting paid for my time. And then it's also their creative fee is also paying for me to like pre-design wall art. I mean, that stuff takes time do- mm-hmm. doing that. So I need to be paid for that. And then the ordering session, that's another, those usually last like three hours. Mm-hmm. so it's paying for all of those sessions that they get with me.
1: Yeah, I was going to I was going to ask in, in terms of then after the session, are you finding that doing the IPS model, you're obviously probably spending more time preparing possible selections for your client whether that's wall art, prints, albums, are you finding that the amount of time you personally choose to spend, like you get excited and add things mm-hmm. is then correlating yep. to a payoff you know, and yes, yes, you're excited about it. And therefore then your clients are getting
2: excited about it. 100%. And I've noticed that since I've changed my creative fee to be more, like I said before, there's so much less resentment where I'd be sitting there and they wouldn't order as much during the ordering session. And I'm like, I spent days like with you and now, but it wasn't their fault. It was my fault for not charging what I needed to be charging. So now I love that I have this higher creative fee because if I show up to their session, I tell them there it's an hour long, but if I want to stay for 4 hours because we're getting these great shots, I can stay for 4 hours because now I know that I've priced myself to a point where I can do that with them. I just feel like especially in the luxury market, people people are willing to pay for you to be there however much they need you and I think we get to this limited place where we're like, well, I just can't, you know, I don't I'm not charging enough so I can't give them that much attention and it's like But we'd be willing to pay you for that attention. Like, why don't you just ask me if I want that? I will gladly pay you for you to come over and measure my walls for me. Like, that's the stuff that I feel like we leave out because we have these blocks when in actuality, they're happy to pay it. They're used to paying for those things in their life. They're used to paying for house managers and chefs and to not have to deal with it. So charge for it. Yes. Mm-hmm.
0: And talking about those blocks, how has you, how has shifting your mindset played a role in your success over this last year?
2: Oh God, it's been everything. I'm 37. I'll be 38 in April. And I mean, people will call me a pessimist, but I say I'm a realist. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. So, Depends so on, on I have- the the world, right? <laughs> I have, the, I have feel like what a lot of women have with mind blocks of having this weird issue around money. I feel like we haven't been in the workforce as long as men and we weren't allowed to own our own businesses as long as men and men are able to regurgitate numbers without a problem. It's just like, yes, it's $10,000 to work with me. And women are like, I can yeah. never charge. That. <laughs> and we have this emotional side of, well, I enjoy doing it. So I shouldn't charge as much for it. And what if it's a single mom and now she can't afford me? So we have all of these blocks. So working through that and just like realizing when I was younger, maybe it was my parents and like working through those mind blocks and reading books about it and just being really mindful when I'm starting to feel that feeling of you can't charge us. You're not worth it. Like, let's sit with it. Why are you feeling this way? And realizing that it's just such a mindset block because there's people out there charging it. Like, why can't I charge that? So it's working through that has been everything for me this year. It's completely changed my business. And I also feel like it's something I'll work on the rest of my life. Like I'm always going to have insecurities and imposter syndrome and it's going to be a constant, like waking up every day and doing what I need to do to be in a good Mm headspace.
1: Was there certain educational materials or courses or anything that really one prompted the start of that
2: mindset? It was definitely a triple. Triple E was a big one for me. It was, Mm -hmm. and it's been so neat because at first I was like, I don't know if this is a good fit for me because I think I want out of weddings, Mm -hmm. but it ended up working in every realm and it was perfect. And then Get Rich Lucky Bitch was like life-changing for me. It was just, there's so many self-help books out there and money books, but it was just Denise and her book is so authentic and real and just says things that are like, God. And I used to listen to it on Audible when I was running and there'd be times I'd just stop and just like ball in the middle of the street when I was running because people just don't talk about it. They don't talk about the hard stuff and it's here's how to make a million dollars next year. But it's like, well, realistically, how do I get there? And, if it's a mindset block, how do I work past those? Because if I don't do that first, then I'm never going to be where I want to be. Yeah. So that one was a big one for me.
1: <laughs> right. Yeah. That's a phenomenal book that we definitely read. So good. You, all yeah. our listeners. In the E3 community, we're all in it and we love So looking back kind of at your trajectory in business and as an artist, is there anything you wish you had told your previous self to either start this transition earlier or just to help you get through those rough years of, shooting all the weddings, making, you know, that glass ceiling of money or anything like that.
2: Just, it sounds so silly, but like, just do it, like take the steps. Cause there's so many things I was like, where am I going to get my products from? Now I have to spend money on products or like samples to show my clients. And there were just so many limiting beliefs that I had of just, no, one's going to pay me that. So I always think about how there are photographers that are making six, seven figures that aren't even that great at at the actual photography part of it, but they're amazing at business. So Mm -hmm. it's like, I wish that I would have been more concentrating on like hiring a coach or a mentor. I just, for for years, I was like, I could teach this to myself, just Mm -hmm. thinking that I could do it on my own. And education and coaching has been such a key part of it for me because I'm not business minded naturally. That was something that I had to teach myself because I was too cheap to hire someone to help me. And now I feel like, oh, I wish I would have done this sooner. I so wish I would have done this sooner because right. I could have been so much, not regret, but I could have been further ahead than I am now. So
1: Well, it's it's such a dichotomy, right, of I need to spend, you know, we think like, oh, we need to not hire people because we want to make, keep as much money as possible. Yes. But we need to spend the money to... Level up in a lot of instances, mm-hmm. in your- and that's
2: like Denise talks about in her book. She said her friend was what was it she was doing like a course, she was teaching courses. Mm-hmm. It was either Denise's book, Brene Brown. I get them mixed up, but she said she was teaching courses, and that she, there was a few, there were a few education things she needed help on. And this person was selling it for really cheap, like one hundred and fifty dollars. And she's like, "Well, I'm not going to pay that." And Denise or somebody else is like, "How do you expect the universe to invest in you when you won't even pay a coach?" So it's like that mindset of, well, I'm not going to pay that, but then you're asking other people to pay you for the same thing you're not going to pay for. So it's just this, like, you've got to work through those things. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes.
0: Love that. So do you have any tips for our listeners who maybe are thinking of either moving from maybe the wedding world to more portraits, to more of a luxury IPS experience that can help them start this?
2: I coaching courses on IPS. Cause that is, I feel like for us, it's such a Like if you don't even know where to start, like what what does that look like? Like how do I design wall galleries? What do I, what does an ordering session look like? That's scary stuff where you just, the first time you're flailing where it's like, I have no idea what I'm doing. So I also think just being brave enough to say this is what I'm going to focus on and I'm going to go full steam into that because I feel like since I've done that, I've gotten more of the portrait clients and I've gotten the ideal clients because now it's like, this is what I'm concentrated on. And I feel like they can feel that energy. And now it's how I market and it's how I network. And I'm not talking about weddings anymore. I'm fully talking like I am a boudoir family photographer. So I think those things like going full force and then getting help where you need it. Mm
0: -hmm. And I would love to know how these clients find you. Is it more now just through networking, what type of marketing you do? Because with weddings, we always like are looking up for coordinators or planners. So we don't, um, yeah. we don't really have that in this sphere. So we'd love to hear a little bit about that.
2: Yeah. So networking has been like the biggest thing. And in COVID's it's hard, of course, like I was meeting people in person, but for me, a lot of it has been just connections with people who are my ideal client and then kind of meeting friends through them and getting referrals from other photographers. Yes. So for me, I use Instagram for business, but it's not what most people think of where I post and people, I don't have a lot of my clients that find me through a hashtag or anything like that, because a lot of them, my ideal clients, a lot of them aren't even on Instagram or they have like 300 followers and their accounts private. So for me, it's more messaging them stories, connecting with them and meeting them that way. And I can't tell you how many times I've been following someone. They have no idea who I am. And then they post in their stories. I comment something and we start a conversation. And then the next thing I know, they're like, Oh, I love your work. Like, I would love to do a session with you, like just that genuine connection and then it transitioning to something else. Mm -hmm. Love that.
1: So thank you so much for diving all into your business model and how you've really shifted and created such an awesome business that not only serves your clients, but also serves yourself and what you want out of your business, Shannon. You're welcome. (laughs) So we're going to dive into a time of fast facts so our listeners can get to know you a little bit better. So
2: first up, we'd love to know, what do you shoot with? So I have a Hasselblad and then I just switched over to the GFX system. So I use my, I have a contacts lens because I used to be contacts and I held on. to I was like, I know I'm going to need this lens for something one day. So I have the Zeus lens that, and I have an adapter. So I'm usually shooting side by side with the GFX system and then my Hasselblad film. And what is your favorite pre or post shoot snack? Jeez, I guess it depends. I know for weddings, it was, I have like, I always have protein bars on me. I don't eat meat. So it's a little bit harder for me. So always with the, like chocolate and peanut butter, anything.
1: So what is, what kind of music do you listen to to really get in that creative mind space, either before a session or say you're designing
2: your wall art or anything like that? I love everything except country. I grew up on country, so now I'm over it. It's hard. And it's like, I use music sometimes for my boudoir sessions. It's a lot of like Sade. I love Leon Bridges. I love Brainy Carlisle. It depends on my mood. Sometimes I'll listen to rap and sometimes I'm listening to like jazz music. So it, it just... I'm so all over the place. It really just depends on the vibe that I'm having. And sometimes, no, stuff, right? Right? Yes. <laughs> sometimes I'm watching like Schitt's Creek as I design wall galleries. Yeah. What is your favorite thing to do outside of photography? I'm I'm a homebody. So I would say just like binging Netflix, eating really good food and wine. I'm, travel was a big one before COVID. So now I've kind of adapted to just being inside all the time.
1: <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Our new normal for a while. right? I know. Um, yeah. What is the best education you've learned from over the years? I know you mentioned some books and um, some courses, but do you feel like there's one really standout thing that changed uh, the trajectory of your business?
2: It's so hard because some fo- is focused like it's an IPS. And then I have triple E, which was focused on the luxury market and mindset stuff for me for the IPS stuff. I I took a, clo- a course by Megan DiPiero and she does a lot of IPS stuff. And that course was cr- like crucial because she has videos. So like even before an ordering session now, I'll go watch her hour video and like every time just get psyched up for that. So those two have probably been my biggest. Awesome.
0: What is one daring leap that you've taken
2: in your business? Oh my gosh. There's been a lot this year. Um, <laughs> I know this whole episode's about your daring. Yes. Leap. <laughs> I would say up in my creative fee for sure. And doing it, like doubling it overnight. I was just, I had a bad experience one day and I was like charging for my time. Just tomorrow I'm changing my price and going like a month and a half before anyone even hit my inquiry page, like filled out the form. And then finally when it happened, that was my biggest sale. So I was like, all right, it's working. working This is good.
1: (laughs) What is one thing you feel like you're great at in your business?
2: Connecting with women. Like my whole heart isn't the woman. I don't shoot for men. I don't, even when I was in weddings, I was, it, it's not that I was like, Oh, it's all about the bride. Cause I don't like that mindset either. It's definitely 50%. If she's marrying a man, 50% about him, but just, I feel like we're put last so much. And especially when I photograph families or even boudoir where their mothers, they're the caregivers. They're the ones that are taking care of everybody else. So for me to be able to fully concentrate on them and be like, no, this is about you. This is not about anybody else in your family, anybody else in your life. So I feel like giving that back to women. Definitely. It's what drives me to do this every day. I love it. I love it. So where can our listeners find you? Website, Instagram. Sure. So Instagram is just Shannon Griffin and then my website, shannongriffin.com.
1: Perfect. So before we take off today, do you have any special announcements that you'd love to share with our listeners?
2: Sure. So I just started doing one-on-one coaching. Eventually, I think I might want to roll out a course, but right now I love the aspect that someone can just sit with me for an hour and pick my brain and ask me questions. That was really helpful for me to be able to have that one-on-one when I was learning. So yep. You can just reach out to me through my website, email me jannengryffin.com. I'm happy to answer questions for you. Love
0: it. Thank you. (laughs) And in closing, what is one thing you want to dare our listeners to do after listening to your episode?
2: Just work on your mindset and um, it's been my i'm telling you like the biggest thing for me this year just knowing that other people are out there charging it you, you can do there's no reason you can't do it either there's no reason
1: love it well thank you so much shannon for joining us yes, on dare to develop you. we are so excited just about all of the pivots you've made in your business and i'm so grateful that you're willing to share that with all of us too
2: <laughs> thank you this is fun
0: Shannon is such a great example on when you take daring leaps in your business, it really pays off.
1: Yes, from completely shifting not only her focus of what she loves to photograph, but also her business model on how she collaborates with her clients and truly goes above and beyond in serving them has completely transformed her business and ultimately her life. Mm -hmm. So I hope you take her dare and work on that mindset and
0: maybe look into IPS and we'll catch you next time. Thanks so much for
1: joining us today on Dare to Develop. We'd love for you to subscribe and leave us a review if you love today's episode. Don't forget to check out the show notes at daretodeveloppodcast.com
0: and follow along on IG at Dare to Develop. Catch us next week for more fun as we hear from creatives who have dared greatly in their businesses and develop community along the way.